Savage CBD strives to help people by offering top quality, lab-tested, natural CBD at affordable pricing. And it really is affordable. Whether you're new to CBD or have been using it for years, you can always count on all-natural, hemp-derived CBD with the purest ingredients. Savage CBD carefully tests each batch to ensure quality, consistency, taste, and authenticity. They pride themselves on their transparency and believe that you should know exactly what goes into your favorite CBD products. With Savage CBD, you can choose from a range of premium CBD lotions, creams, tinctures, gummies, and so much more. When you look at their website, there are thousands of happy customers who've reported incredible results after using CBD to supplement their daily routine. Overall, Savage CBD's goal is to create the products that empower you to maintain your balanced lifestyle. Whether you need some extra shut-eye at night or you need to find some more calm throughout your day, you can count on Savage CBD to help you reach that goal. And guys, just for listening to this podcast, you can save 20% on your first purchase of CBD when you use our code BRAD20. So go ahead, my friends, start your CBD journey with Savage, and they'll be there to support you with every step of the way. Simply visit SavageCBD.com to redeem 20% off your first purchase of CBD by using code BRAD20 and see why thousands of people are using CBD. Now, Kelly, I've been a CBD user for a little while. I use it when I'm out on the disc golf course. It helps me relax. It's great with muscle aches and pains, and it's really kind of replaced ibuprofen for me. So uh, anybody that's listening to this, guys, check out Savage CBD. We thank them for being a supporter of the Noel Family Foundation, the Bradley's House podcast, and we hope you'll support them as well. Hey, what's up? This is Evan and Brady from Through the Roots, and you're listening to the Bradley's House podcast. Hello, guys. Welcome back. Come on in. Make yourself at home, as you should when you're a guest in Bradley's house. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. She is the sister of Bradley Noel and the executive director of the Noel Family Foundation. And of course, our host, Ms. Kelly Noel. Kelly, how are you doing tonight? I'm fabulous. How are you doing, Jared? Uh, I am so excited, as of course you know I have been. Um, excited anytime we get to do a, a new episode of Bradley's House, but especially excited for today's episode. Now, guys, I really hope you're enjoying everything that we're doing here at Bradley's House. We appreciate all the likes and shares. Of course, you guys know why we're doing the podcast and having these amazing guests each week, and that's to raise money for the Noel Family Foundation to get Bradley's House open, a six-bed recovery facility for musicians struggling with addiction, regardless of their financial situation. In the description of this show, there will be a link tree on how you can get involved and have your little piece of this story uh, and help out and get everything going there. And Kelly, I know the family certainly appreciates it. Absolutely. Big time. We've had so much support and it's been fabulous. We still have a ways to go, but, but we're getting there slowly but surely. And we definitely appreciate everyone's support. Now, Kelly, we've had some amazing guests the last few weeks. We've had some awesome musicians. We've had some folks from the world of recovery. We've talked about a lot of cool stuff, but 
I, I'm telling you right now, getting ready for this episode, I'm as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room filled with rocking chairs. Um, <laughs> I am uh, I am ready to get this one going. Kelly, who is our house guest today? Well, I'm very excited to have this person with us today. Of course, someone I've known for, gosh, I don't know, somewhere between 35 and 40 years. Not that either one of us could possibly be old enough for that, but um, a good friend of my brother's. I'm super honored to have Eric Wilson with us today. Eric, thanks so much for being on the show. My pleasure. So you are living in North San Diego County. Is it pretty hot there right about now? That's just about right. Oh, good. All right, because I just drove home from work and it was hot out there. Well, but, I went to the country in the last week or two, and oh, it's a lot nicer here. Oh, nice! Right on. So we thought it would be fun to have you on and and maybe talk a little bit about the early days of Sublime, and then touch a little bit on the new project Spray Allen that you have going. Does that sound good? Yep. All right. So tell us how you and Brad met. Um, a friend of mine. A uh, musician took me over to your your house and your, mm-hmm. you know the custom house in Naples and and um, he he told me that uh, that we would probably jam good together and he was right and he was right. I went over there with my guitar and Brad was better at guitar than I was, so I came back the next day with my bass. Nice. And you come from a musical family. Tell us about your dad. Oh, uh, my dad. He he was a, a drummer in the uh, big band era, and and then he got into jazz, and and then he worked for the Long Beach Municipal Band, and he taught lessons out of his garage, and he was a uh, he was a big inspiration to a lot of uh, you know people learning how to play drums. Absolutely. So how come you didn't end up being a drummer? Because he's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, so then, why bass? Because Brad was better better on guitar, I guess. Ah, I see. So you just sort of pivoted to bass. Yeah, and then I found that I loved it. And you're pretty good at it. <laughs> it's worked out okay for you. Yeah, I sure has. <laughs> it's been good. So that was in high school that you guys met, right? He was in high school. I was in junior high school. Oh, wow. Okay. I was in my last year of junior high school. Right on. And then, um, so then he went off to UC Santa Cruz for a couple years. Yep. And then um, when he came back for Christmas vacation, uh, I I had gotten in touch with Bud, and we we got together and jammed, and the chemistry was like so so good that uh, Brad decided to uh, transfer to you know UC Long Beach or whatever or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember you guys practicing in the garage. The neighbors loved that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I always thought it was great that dad would just, you know, give it right back to them instead of being like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell him to quiet down. You know, he was just like, relax, they'll be done in a bit. (laughs) We got a lot of, we we wrote a lot of songs in Brad's bedroom just with, uh, you know, with our little amplifiers and a drum. Uh huh. With that big futon that he had. We were, you remember when we used to sit in the room all day, like every day, and make up songs, and you and your friends used to hang out downstairs? I do remember that. You're right. With no clue of what was taking place upstairs, the things that were, were being written and that would go down in history. It's pretty amazing. Do, do you ever just look back and think, wow, how did that all happen? Yeah, I, I suppose I do. Um, 
yeah, it, it was pretty amazing. It was like during the time we we thought that we were we should be on the radio already, but we didn't understand the business side of it. You know. Yeah, I remember Brad reading books about the business side of music. Yeah, certain that he was gonna you know get the deal of the century. Uh-huh. Although I think you guys did okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was nice. We built built the following just from playing shows and word of mouth pretty much. Yeah. And it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and then the, uh, the record companies had to hire us because they didn't want to make us, they didn't want us make money on it without them getting the cut. Right. <laughs> As usual. Yeah, of course, that's how it goes. Now, Eric, the, the legend probably grows more and more like a, like a fishing story, but give me a ballpark. What do you think the real number of uh, copies of 40 ounce were sold out of the back of trunks. Jeez. Oh, I'm not very good with the numbers, but I don't know. Uh, probably a couple thousand. I, I have no idea. I don't I'm going to say definitely more than 25. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. That's yeah. for sure. Well, John will pay the bills. The first one that we sold a uh, cassette. I, I think I still have my copy of that. That was a good one. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny, you know. People are talking about the the celebration and obviously the the twenty the twenty fifth year anniversary and the eighteen million sold. And I'm like, yeah, what about the three million that were sold out of trunks and uh, and little apartments throughout Long Beach? Because the the legend's growing about how many were sold out there and how many are still lingering around. There's no accounting for that, probably. <laughs> no, no, I, I would imagine not. And always lots of dogs around. Of course, Louie and Toby and whoever yeah. else people had. Um, I think it's interesting how people always think that that was such an intentional thing, but it was really just because everybody loves dogs. <laughs> dogs make life happier, you know. Absolutely. How long did Toby last? He lasted almost twenty years. Wow. Yeah. That was an old dog. He had a long run. I have a chance yeah. to love him. Do you? That's awesome. Very cool. And then, so you lived in Long Beach until. When was it? Late two thousands? Fourteen, I believe, or something like that. Wow! And I just wanted—I I wanted to move away just so I could get some breathing space. You know, kind of like yeah, like your mom's place had breathing space. Yeah, yeah. Spread out a little bit. Yeah, I, it actually more than I, than I anticipated. Um, it's seventeen acres, and I was only looking for like two, but. The price was right. So nice. Beautiful. Yeah. And is it true you have an avocado farm? Yeah. Awesome. So you must have make some really good guacamole. Love to, for you to come over and check it out sometime. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you guys first started playing, um, you mentioned you know that when you when you all jammed together for the first few times, there was it was obvious there was a synergy. Um, at what point did you think that? You know that this could be something you could do full time. Like, did right from the start, did you think that was the way it was well, going to be? Personally, that that I was already um, 100% into it. Probably within a year of playing with Brad and Bud. Um, yeah. Because I didn't have anything, anything else going for me, so yeah. I never really thought about how we I was going to get anywhere, but um, as long as I kept playing, you know, and kept the faith, uh, uh, you know, I, I figured it would get me where I needed to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Was there ever a time when you wondered if it would ever happen? I mean, 
most people who weren't around in the early days probably think that you guys were sort of an overnight sensation, but, but you worked your asses off touring all over the place. Definitely more an overnight sensation. <laughs> yeah. Was there ever a time when you, when you started to lose hope and wondered if it was going to happen? Not really. I mean, just like at the end when everything, you know, you know, fell apart. Yeah. Well, definitely then. Yeah. That, that was no fun. That's for sure. Yeah. But it was cool. You guys got to tour all over the country and, um, yeah. down, did you go down to Costa Rica for sure? Right. Yeah. We, we went there, um, because Brad was going to bring some, some girl down there that, that he, that he liked. And, um, and somebody sent from a surfer from a, from there sent a letter to him about how bitch it was. And, and then the girl that was going to go, she, she got into a fender bender and her dad wouldn't let her go. So, uh, so he changed the tickets to me and Kelly Vargas and nice. he took us down. So we play acoustic, like, uh, in, in the outside patios and stuff for, for meals and, you know, but we, we didn't go that, down there like, you know, book shows or nothing like that. Yeah. We just went down to the surf and play guitar and stuff. Yeah. Um, you said a friend of yours introduced you to Brad and said, Hey, this is a guy that I think you're going to jam with. And you said, you knew, you know, right away, you could kind of feel it, but walking away from that, aside from the music, what was a young high school Brad? Like, like what were your, uh, what were your impressions of him as a person outside of just being someone you were going to jam with? Well, I always looked up to him because I was like a high school dropout and, and he was like really good in school and stuff. So I always looked up to him, you know? He was just a free spirit, you know? So when somebody mentions Bradley Knoll to the average fan, you know, we, we think about the music. We think about the, the hits and the songs and the sublime tattoo from shoulder to shoulder. When the name Bradley Knoll is mentioned to you, Eric, a friend, what's a memory? Is there something specific that you think about? Is there a certain time that you remember when, when you hear his name? Um. I just remember just all the good times that we had together and a lot of stuff that he taught me, you know, like he taught me how to, that rake, like other music besides punk rock was, was, you know, equally as good. And, and I didn't know that prior to meeting him. Yeah. yeah he certainly had a, a wide variety of music that he enjoyed. Now you were in some bands before you met Brad. I think there was a, a question that rolled in through social media. Uh, someone asked about a band that you were in when you were like 15, Contrabanded. Do you, do you remember that band? Yeah. What kind of music were you guys jamming? Was it just punk rock there? It was punk, yeah. <laughs> All right. So was Hogan's Heroes. I remember you guys playing a party at my mom's house. That was punk. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. For, for a while, when I was in Sloppy Seconds with Brad, I, he had, he forced me into playing like ska and reggae, and, and it finally <laughs> like dawned on me how like awesome it was. <laughs> At what point do you do you remember kind of deciding that it was okay? I mean, were you sort of kicking and screaming for a while? He was driving um, the Cherokee. Uh huh. He had those uh, those uh, like MTX speakers in the back, and he was playing. right probably half pine or something. And, uh, and it just dawned on me how awesome it was. And <laughs> it was fortunate too, because for a bass player, like that's the best instrument to play like in reggae. Yeah. Like, um, and if you're playing guitar in reggae music, you fall asleep really easy. <laughs> and playing guitar or bass in like a metal band, you, you fall asleep really easy. They bury you in there. You can't hear it. So it, 
it, yeah, it turned out really well for me. All right. Now, Eric, Kelly's known you for a long time. You guys have been friends forever. She's much more on the, I'm, I'm a fan. So I'm going to ask a question here that I've been trying to get to the bottom of for a real long time. One day it just appeared that Kelly Vargas was out and Bud was back in. How did that all go down? Was it an understanding? Did Kelly know he was just holding the spot until Bud came back or what was the. Basically Bud, like the the chemistry that we had with the three of us was like impeccable. And every time we got another drummer, it wasn't because we wanted to, we had to because Bud was off doing something crazy or whatever. And, um, and we had no choice. So Bud would come back around and, and we we take him back right away. Yeah. Simple as that. All right. Makes sense. That's that's kind of yeah. something that I've, I, you know, I just, it, it just kind of happened so fast in the story. It's just like one day Kelly's there and then, you know, boom, Bud's back. So I've always kind of wondered how that came. And that was going to be my next he question. Would, he would come around just for um, like one day and hang out with us, but the next day he's already playing with us again. <laughs> one time we were going on, on the road up to like Washington and he helped build the uh, frame of the bed that went over the equipment in, in this van. And then, and then we went on the road with Kelly. And then when he came, we came back, he, he was playing with us after that. <laughs> well, I was, that was going to be my next question, but you answered it. Obviously um, the three of you guys were the, uh, were the right mix. That was the, that was the band that you preferred. And, and it, you know, it certainly shows in the music. Yeah. From my, from, you know, my experience, like the, the better drummers are always harder to deal with. You know, Keith Moon, I, I didn't know him, but I know this guy in Wade and, and he's out of control and he's a great drummer. And, um, yeah. The drummers are always a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's a, it's, it's known to be, um, so like animal, you know, on, on Sesame street. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Even fucking Jim Henson knew. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you guys are, you're getting rolling, obviously, um, job won't pay the bills, 40 ounce robbing the hood. And now it's time for, for self-titled and, um, you guys kind of got to the studio and didn't even have a, a full, a full song list ready to go. What was that like? Was that just like late night writing sessions scrambling to get these songs done while you were there? I'm, I never really worried about it because we always like pulled it together no matter what, whether we had songs or not. I mean, whether it was, I didn't know it was going to be like that groundbreaking, but, uh, but yeah, um, I think we worked really good under pressure, you know? Clearly. So that was going to be my next question again. As you're making this album, did it, aside from obviously everything else that was going on, just the music, did it feel any different to you than the first two and a half, I guess you want to call it? It's, it sounded more mature, you know, because we had, you know, you know the, the guidance of uh, Paul Leary, someone, you know, producer that we looked up to and, and, uh, and yeah, it was a more mature version of us, I guess. Minus the G.I. Joe Kung Fu grip and stuff like that. But the, it was definitely a more mature sound, <laughs> yeah. for sure. 
um, yeah, it's, it certainly was. Now, do you have a, as being a member of this from straight through, do you have a favorite sublime album? And is there a reason why that one is your favorite? Uh, probably Robin the hood because like the title of the album is this is exactly what it meant. Like we basically got free studio time by you know, in some cases, robbing it kind of in a way. We, we we didn't have to pay for anything that we how we did that album. Like um, like Brad was saying at some condemned house that these squatters were saying out it has like a earthquake fault line that went through the living room and uh, <laughs> he sat in there with like a drum machine and wrote songs and and uh, Epitaph Records invited us to go to their studio to, to record because they wanted to, us to sign to them. And um, we went in there and we did a couple of songs that were on the album. And the engineer, he like he was uh, conditioned to record like Bad Religion, where where they bury the bass in it. You don't really hear it. And when we were we were mixing the song, the guy, the engineer was like, "That's that bass." Uh, we said, "Turn the bass up. We can't hear the bass." And he's all, "No, no, no. This is how it's going to sound." And then he took off to lunch or something, and. Um, we snuck up the bass and then we, we made a dupe of it and then we left before you got back. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Robin the Hood has, I mean, a lot of Sublime is very strong bass. I, I don't have to tell you that you're there doing it, but like, you know, a song that comes to mind, STP, I mean, that's like, the bass is like the feature of that song. Yeah, that's 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 a very um, bass heavy song. <laughs> it's it's hard. I haven't played that in years. I probably have to practice that one. <laughs> no, it's like riding a bike. It, it yeah. it's got to come. It's got to come right back to you. I would imagine. Um, but just you know, so much amazing stuff that you've done, and so many Sublime fans out there that are just so thankful. And and you know those albums, and we get messages all the time, and I'm sure you hear it all the time. Yeah, that's what keeps me wanting to play music. Uh, all the time, people come up to me and they they thank me for um, getting them through hard times that, mm. you know, that they didn't think they would make it, and the music got them through. You know, and that means like so much. That's really powerful when you think about it. Just like, you know, when we when we talk about the fact that people are so impacted by the music and um, just to know that you were, that something you created has impacted so many people that you'll never even meet and never even know about in, in a positive way. That's, that's really, I don't know, that's intense. Yeah, I never thought I'd be that helpful. <laughs> so glad to be. That's yeah, very cool. Yeah, we get we get so many messages from people that, you know, thanking Kelly for, you know, what we do here on the podcast because the music had meant so much to them and uh you know, it's just uh it's crazy. I can't imagine how much of that you hear while you're out there and now seeing it all kind of come full circle because Jacob is all grown up. He's got a band of his own and yeah. you you've actually been playing some gigs with him. Dude, what's it like to see Brad's son as a man out there performing the music that he wants the way that he wants to do it. Oh, I think it's great. You know, it's awesome that he has his own style and everything. And I'm totally proud of him. We're playing with him uh, this weekend or something in San Pedro. 
Yeah, I saw that you guys have some some shows coming up, and that's with uh, with Spray Allen, which is a, a new project that you're a part of. Because obviously, you have too much free time, Eric. So um, <laughs> you you decided to get this new project, Spray Allen, going, and it's been blowing up all over all of my social media. What's tell us a little bit about this project, man? It's really cool. I mean, actually, when I first met these two kids, uh, Daniel Warner and Eric Sherman, uh, Wade Yeoman, the drummer, uh, brought them around and they said they, you know, wanted to jam and we jammed a couple times. And then, and then, um, I had my son come over. I was going to try to get him a, a job playing bass for them. And, and, uh, at the end of the day, like, they're like, I go, yeah, I was thinking he would play bass for you guys. And they're like, no, no, we were, we were thinking you would play with us. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. you, out, you out auditioned your kid? Come on, he yeah, you. Know, I didn't know what they had. I didn't, I didn't know like this, what, how special it was until, um, that, until we started jamming and, and then we started writing some stuff. And, and then I was like, whoa, this is like, I swear the chemistry feels like a lot like, back when Brad and Bud were jamming with me. That's awesome. Yep. Without the reggae beat. But it's got every other beat you can think of. Okay, so what kind of music do you guys play? <laughs> um, it's really hard to say. Um, we play different. Every song is a little bit different. And, um, you know, like Sublime. And I like to say it's probably modern psychedelic or something like that. Hmm. Intrigues your senses. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm already intrigued and I've already been checking a, a little bit of you guys out. And, um, it's, uh, it's just really cool to see you, uh, you know, doing this new fresh project. And then, you know, when I saw that you were playing some shows with Jacob, I was like, man, that's, that's really cool. Um, you know, to be, to be back on the road with a, uh, with an all. And this one is, uh, he's kind of tame. It's not going to be, it's not going to be as crazy. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm really hoping that Mike Watt shows up, the bass player of the Minutemen, because he lives in San Pedro, and, and I think he's friends with the drummer of... Uh, yeah, with uh, Nick. And, yeah. yeah. And Nick's played with, with uh, Mike for years. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mike, yeah, that kid is special. I mean, he is... Uh, <laughs> He's he's on he's on another level. He's he's amazing. Um, that band is uh, they are really coming together, and it's uh, it's cool to see their new stuff coming out. And I you know I always kind of think and Kelly, you've talked about it a million times on the podcast. How incredibly proud of Jacob you are, and, yes. and how how cool it is watching him do his own thing. And I often think you know about Brad's friends that were playing with him and and seeing it and, and what it was like for them. I think he's done a great job of just creating his own sound and following his own path and, and finding his own voice. And um, it's been a lot of fun to watch these past, I think seven or eight years he's been playing with his band. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of fun. I think it's great. You guys are playing shows together too. It's just, it just makes everything seem really, you know, full circle. Well, Eric, I know that you are, uh, you're super busy and to be able to have you on this podcast is an absolute honor for me. Um, you know, I've said it a million times on this podcast that on July 30th, 1996, two things happened. I became a teenager and self-titled Sublime was released and the rest has been history ever since then. So to now be in a position to, to be able to chat with guys like you and, and Michael and, and Marshall and to be able to work with Kelly and alongside 
alongside the Noel Family Foundation to to help get Bradley's house open is an absolute dream for me. Uh, and I, I can't thank you enough for taking some time to come and chat and, and let our fans hear uh, a little bit about what you got going on and hear some fun stories from the past, man. Yeah, well, I'm glad that Jelly's pursuing her, um, you know, her dream about being on on the air when 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 she was younger. She was doing like a news channel or something like that. Wow, you've got a great memory. Yeah, yeah. I got a degree in broadcast journalism. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Things yeah. change. Yeah. I'm you, only you doing mean, this because Jarrett talked me into it, though, to be honest. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say, Eric, I thought I had it all lined up. I'm like, man, I, I really want to do a podcast and talk about this, you know, Long Beach music sound and talk about Brad and Sublime and, and help spread word about the foundation and, uh, Kelly went to school for broadcasting and holy shit, this is all perfect. And that, you know, yeah. I lined, I lined it all up for her and she was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you, kid. Thanks. <laughs> but I was like, well, I hope you don't think I'm going down that easy. And, uh, and, yeah, and here we are didn't. now. So, well, thank you so much for taking the time with us, Eric. I see a dog behind you. Which, what dog is that? That's Melvin. He's got a nice. heart shape, but... <laughs> <laughs> And he's like the coolest. He's been swimming all day, so he's totally tired. Oh, oh God, he's so life. cute. Yeah. Is that the only that, dog you have right now? That I have. And then there's this other dog. I forgot his name, but uh, she's pretty psycho, and she likes to swim all day long. But she had, <laughs> I love all dogs, you know, as long as they don't yeah. bite me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is, my, this is my boy right here. So Most sure. of the time, dogs are more enjoyable than people, so. <laughs> And I have a cat named Psycho that, that grooms uh, my dog, and they sleep together and stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. That is That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> now, Eric, everyone that comes on this show, I ask them one question. I've got to ask you. Um, in a, a crazy world where you come across somebody who's never heard of Sublime, and they say to you, well play me one song and and let me see if this is a band that I could get into. Now I know it's a little tough because they're all your babies, but if you had a chance to hook somebody with one sublime song, what would you play for them? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know. Probably Santa Rita maybe. Yeah, that would work. That, that song uh, ter- turns out that that one, that one worked out okay for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, you played that uh, video for me recently from YouTube, I guess there's, you know, different people that do these videos where they listen to a song they've never heard before and, and film their response. And that was Santeria. And I thought it was so funny. The kids were like, you know, from the name, from the title, we thought it was going to be a really hard song, like, you know, a really hard sound. And instead it's like this kind of happy, you know, lilting song. And I just thought that was really funny that that expectation, you know, because of the, the subject matter of the title, made them yeah. expect that it was going to be something super dark and it wasn't. Yeah. Sung yeah, so a good sung so beautifully about killing the man that's fucking your old lady. It's uh, <laughs> it's an amazing like it's an you amazing do. You're right. <laughs> no, absolutely absolutely. So well Eric, uh, thank you so much. We're gonna share links to uh to Spray Allen in all the descriptions of the show here so everybody can uh can check you guys out. And, uh, and thank you again, man. This was uh, a dream come true for me and I'm sure uh, all of our listeners. Cool. Thanks for having me. Well, Kelly, I, 
I don't even know what to say. I, to be able to have Eric come on and chat with us uh, for a sublime fan like myself and so many of our listeners, a dream come true. I know for you, it's somebody that you've known for, well, we can't say really how long, right? You guys, <laughs> you guys have known each other for a few years. A long uh, but time. But for myself, it was just uh, an amazing experience and to be able to hear how he still holds those memories so close and how highly he thinks of Brad and just, it's really a dream come true for me. And uh, I I don't know, I'm I'm almost speechless after that. (laughs) It was a lot of fun talking with Eric. It was really great to reconnect with him and, you know, he'll always be a special part of my family's lives. And uh, so that was really fun, really enjoyed having a chat with him and I'm excited for everything that he's got going with Spray Allen and, you know, all the exciting projects coming up. Yeah, it was uh, it was really amazing when I reached out to him and said, hey, uh, I'm from the Bradley's House podcast. I work with Kelly Knoll. Do you, do you want to come on the show? And he was like, yeah, yeah I do. And Aww. I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> this is going to fucking happen. So, uh, so yeah, it was really great. And I, I hope that the list, I know that the listeners enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. In fact, there were times where I was listening to, to him talk and tell stories and he would stop talking and I went, oh shit, that's me. I'm not just listening <laughs> to a podcast. It's my turn to talk now. So, uh, so it was, it was really, really incredible. And, uh, like I said, I, I just, I can't be, uh, I can't be any more thankful for him giving us some time and coming on and chatting with, uh, with us for our listeners. So, uh, Definitely. as exciting as having Eric on the podcast was, um, this podcast, as you guys are listening to it is, uh, September 22nd, Huge, exciting news from Bradley's house by having Eric come on the podcast. But Kelly, some big, huge, exciting news for the Knoll Family Foundation as well, right? Yes, we are having our very first auction event. And the bidding opens today, Wednesday, September 22nd at noon Pacific time. So if you haven't gone on to check out the website, make sure you do. There's lots of really cool stuff on there. We have almost 50 different items for people to bid on. And the bidding will go until... Wednesday, September 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So make sure you check it out. We've got a great collection of things there. We've got tickets. We've got uh, memorabilia. We've got artwork. We've got sports stuff. We've got uh, merch packages, all kinds of great things, some instruments. So I'm really excited, and I know that everyone's going to love checking everything out. And big thanks to Positive Legacy and all the people who donated these wonderful items. We absolutely couldn't have done it without any of you guys. And also, I want to make sure that everyone knows that we are going to be at Reggae Rise Up Vegas, October 9th and 10th. So I'm super excited about that. We'll be doing some podcast interviews. We'll be having a No Family Foundation booth. It's going to be a lot of fun in the lineup for Reggae Rise Up Vegas. Vegas is just fantastic this year. Super stoked about that. And I do have one more thing that I'm really excited about. We have a new sponsor, Savage CBD. As you've all already heard, we're really excited to have them be a part of what we're doing with Bradley's House Podcast. So big thank you to the people at Savage CBD. Absolutely. Savage CBD, their support is uh, is going a long way for us. Like you said, Reggae Rise Up. I'm super excited. Holler at your boy when you see him in the street. 
I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to get out there and make this thing happen. And uh, guys, this auction, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, eh, you need to hop on there. You need to check it out. If you're a sports fan, Kelly mentioned it. Uh, there is an amazing baseball glove that was signed by Joe Musgrove. That is just I was looking at the, the pictures of that. Um, there is signed merchandise from bands like Revolution. And like you said, ticket package. Guys, hop on there. Check it out because there's a lot of really awesome stuff that you probably want that you didn't know that you wanted and all of the proceeds go to an amazing cause so here's an opportunity to treat yourself for something kind of cool and also help the Noel family foundation in getting bradley's house up and open as you know that is the goal of this podcast and all of the work that kelly and all the board members and everybody has been putting in so make sure you're checking all of that out guys and uh, bid often and uh, and get in there and, and don't, you know, pick out what you want and go for it. Go hard, guys. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so this is uh, this is something that's really exciting. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody hop in there and check out all these items and seeing people bid on things that they know they want to get into. And again, like I said, all the proceeds go to getting Bradley's house up and open. So uh, bid early and bid often, guys. Um, now, at the end of every podcast... Now, at the end of every podcast, we always end you guys with a song, and typically it's an awesome song off of the compilation album, The House That Bradley Built, that is still available at law-records.com. If you haven't picked that up yet, pick it up. But today, it was a special episode. We had Eric Wilson on. As you mentioned, Kelly, he's got that new project, Spray Allen. They're really an awesome group. It's really a unique sound. Make sure you're checking out Spray Allen on social media, and you can find them on YouTube, including this single. This is Stay Clean from Spray Allen. Stay clean You know what I
Yeah.